This podcast contains content that some listeners might find distressing. If you or anyone you know needs help, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. A listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, Journo's edition. Danny Weidler, what do you got for us this week, mate? I think we're going to um, talk about the prospect of the NRL buying Rugby Union. Laurie Daly's idea. The dumbest idea I've ever heard. Anyway, I'm going to talk about anything, to be honest. I was at Daly M's last night. You weren't there. I'll find out why soon enough. Hello and welcome to Footy Talk, Journo's edition. Michael Chambers here with Danny Weidler. No Adam Peacock today. Just you two, mate. Have you? What have you, you done? To, what you have and you, your ego. That's what, have you, all that's what have you done to Peacock? Well, you've been wanting to host you know for what? a while. I'll tell you a story. Last week, you guys, I, I put my hand up to host this show, <laughs> and I was really excited because we knew Adam was going to be away. And I get off air, and our producer Charlie tells me, "No, no, we've lined up Emma Lawrence." Well, where's Emma Lawrence now, baby? She's working for nine, mate. Doing, she's no, out. She's out. No, she's out pressing the, the flesh. Ups, the higher ups enforce that I should be hosting this podcast. The higher ups, yes, the higher ups at the. Uh, the way you're stuff. going, Chammy, next week you'll be talking in a room by yourself. Well, that's okay. I do that quite regularly, actually. <laughs> Danny, last and night, not I missed sense. you, bro. Where were you? Daly M's, the night of nights. I expected to see you on the green carpet. You know that's not my go. I expected to see you on the you, green carpet. I, I did try to watch it on TV. Well, why didn't you, did you get invited? Yes. Why didn't you go? Well, because it's not my thing. Mm. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy functions. Do you, do you like functions? Oh, look, uh, you, can you honestly say you like putting on a tux? The NRL, in, the NRL invited you. Yes. I think it's your obligation to go. I've been to a few in my time. Yeah. Uh, and I've done my done my time in going to such events. Good. I, 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 I heard there used to be like quite a few arguments and squabbles and fights. Yeah, back I think in the back day. in the day, but I didn't. I mean, again, I didn't see them. I've heard stories about what it. Stories. Share some stories. Oh no, not involving me. I'm not going to promote other people's stories. I'm not going to steal other people's. Blues, but there have been stories about people bluing, and personally, I wasn't involved with them, so I'm happy to just Interesting. let them enjoy their their time. It was a bit tame last night. Congratulations to everybody who did well and won the awards, but to try and watch it on TV, it was a snooze fest. Really? Honestly, yeah, it was boring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And most awards nights are, and I'm not. I yeah, I don't think they're necessarily made for TV, and it's very hard to keep a momentum going. The speeches went on for too long, particularly some of the pre-recorded stuff was boring. I wow. I thought that, well, did you think it was interesting? Do you know what I think? And this is probably not going to be, you know. Just say what you think. I think the NRL and the NRLW need separate awards nights. Why? It's too long. And I think so they're trying to rush. Boring? Yeah, I think they're trying to rush everything into one night and do mm-hmm. the right thing. And I, I think the women's game has grown to the point where it can have a standalone End of season celebration. Yeah, that's I, I can't argue with that. And I feel as though it doesn't do anyone justice the way we did it last night. It just feels like we're just rushing through them. Mm. And even when we are rushing through them, the, the night feels like it just goes on and on and on. What time do you finish up? Uh, I stayed around for about twenty minutes, half an hour. I had a chat with a few people around, and then mm. and then left. But anyone have a crack at you? No, no cracks. Uh, You're so, not doing your job, Chammy. No, no, it was actually all right. It was actually all right. I was Kalapong. I said hello to him. I thought he might be a bit. Off me because what have you done to him? Oh no, we had a. Well, I was critical of his perf- efforts and performances at the start of the season before he um 
before he went on that run. But no, he was good. So KP you ended up there. with egg on your face. The greatest player in the game. <laughs> and you were bagging him. And I was bagging him. Said he doesn't like footy. No, I wasn't, oh, I wasn't bagging wow. him. I wasn't bagging him. I, I, I love Kalen Pong. Anyone she, who knows she, me she knows can, You can Kalen end up Ponga. in a stink, can't you? You can end up It wasn't in, a stink. I just didn't know how. If you shouldn't be bagging Kalen Ponga. I wasn't bagging him. I just, just said, said you were. the criticism of Kalen Ponga is whether or not he's committed enough to the game to get the best out of his potential. And how did he finish up? Well, do you know what? He said something on stage that was interesting. He mm. said he was in Canada when he was getting all the, the concussion and head of brain assessments mm. that he actually said, I don't want to let people down anymore. Mm. I, I feel like that was an admission from Kalen Ponga that perhaps he was. Mm. At the start of the year is what we were saying, that he wasn't getting the best out of himself. and the people We or who, you? Well, the people who believed in him. The, I, I'm a Kalen Ponga lover. I'm a Kalen Ponga lover. I've, I've always been first draft in Supercoach picking Kalen Ponga, first pick in Why in is it all these people you love don't like you? What do you mean? I love well, you. Well, like Gus. Yeah, you love true, Gus actually. and he doesn't like you. Yeah, it's true. Kalen, true. you love Kalen. Yeah, it's true. I think we, I think you need to dive into this. Yeah? You think, Maybe see a psychologist about yeah, this, yeah. Chammy. It's some sort of relationship yeah, You might issue. be onto something here. <laughs> Who else do I love? They don't love me back. My wife. Oh, come on. <laughs> love you, Danny. <laughs> me? Not you. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not you. Well, that was a highlight. I, I, I feel very, very touched. Well, this. I actually feel like I need to be nice to you today. Why? Because James Bracey made a comment that I actually- The great James Bracey. Sorry, the great James Bracey. The he face only of, likes to be referred to as the great James Bracey. The face Bracey. of rugby league. He said that I pick on you too much in this show, that I'm, like, it's, I go over and beyond. Is that fair? Well, yeah, probably right. Yeah, probably right. But I can handle it. You're just a mosquito, Chummy. I feel bad. I'm not going to bag you today. Come on. There's no show you. without you bagging me. Well, I will bag someone. Okay. We'll just wait to see who it is. So last night, let's get back to the Dally M's. Yes. Are you happy with- the outcomes, the winners, the who, the men, the women that stood on stage. I feel like the best player of the year, and I'm not going to pretend I watched all of the NRLW, so I'm going to talk about the NRL. Yeah. Overall, the best player of the year was probably Sean Johnson. Agreed. And I feel a bit down for him that he didn't get that award. Uh, he's won golden boots and stuff, so it's not like he's lacking in you know individual awards. But I just felt like he had a, a season that deserved that recognition. And um, Kalen had a great finish. It was the, it was the Jared Haynes style, uh, run of outstanding displays. And, but overall for the year, I actually thought Daly Cherry Evans would have been like he, if he would have somehow snuck with the award, mm. I thought he had an unbelievable year for Manly. But yeah, I mean, I don't like this sort of like Ben Hunt was up there for a while. I'm thinking, mm. how the hell is Ben? Harry Hunt Grant was up there. Yeah, Harry Grant. I, like, there, there were three Penrith boys in the like top six or Nico seven. Nico finished pretty high. off each other as yeah. well. Like, Yo, Edwards and Cleary just mm. taking points off each other. So don't take that away from them. But I, I think with Sean Johnson, you know what I loved? When he, when the moment they announced Caelan Ponga as the winner, you saw you saw the emotion of Sean Johnson. And then he, there wasn't this fake, yeah, well done, brother. He was cut. He was cut. That meant a lot to him. And I mm. think there was a, probably a, a feeling that this is my time. And if I don't win it now, I may, I may never win it again. Well, he probably won't. And he probably won't. Well, he probably won't. Hopefully he comes back next year and performs the way he did. But it's but, hard to back up this. But you can see the devastation. Yeah, yeah. Johnson, and that was, that was real. That was real. And so I don't do want to take anything away from Kalen Ponga, but consistency. Do you think probably the second best player of the year maybe? Or The thing is, you go on a run like that. Yeah. And you go five, six points and every week. And you're a superstar on your team. And you're a superstar on your team. And, and, and there are players, whether you like it or not, even if they don't have good games, they have the name and it's like, oh, who am I going to give points to? Well, I might as well give it to this player. because, yeah. it, And there are, I'm not saying Caelan Pong is one of them, but you can see in the leaderboard, there are guys in their teams who just consistently get points based on reputation. Mm. Was there any round where Johnson may have well, the, missed out on points? Well, which, which the interesting one people? was they both got rested in the last round. 
Right. They both got rested. Because well, Kalen had to be rested, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had, had yeah, um, the head. Or was it a head knock or was it or the shoulder? I, I think they just. Oh, it was the shoulder. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it was the shoulder. It was yeah. the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, against the Sharks, he he suffered that injury. But Johnson, I they decided he, think, not to fly over to Australia and play them that last round to get ready for a for a final. Mm. And it might have cost him a. A Dalian medal. Mm, mm. I think there was one round where he missed out on points too, where he played quite well, which surprised people. But I don't, I don't have that record in front of me. So yeah. I've heard people talk about that. So yeah, look, it's hard to work out the right format for the award, isn't it? I mean, yeah. people talk about um, maybe it should be back. You, I don't know if you remember the rugby league week um, games uh, um, uh, award, where each player would get a rating out of ten every week, and that and they accumulate points throughout the year and. That's how that award would be decided, whether that might be a way to go. But I, the negative to that is people are watching a game and I reckon at the end of the game, people are trying to score. That would be going, well, I, don't, I don't remember what he did. Yeah, but I, the, problem, I don't with, what the problem with that is Caelan Ponga would be never, well, he would never win it though because he missed enough games there. Because in the games that he missed, Correct. Sean Johnson would be getting at least a five or a six. Yeah. So to play catch up is impossible. Hard, unless the other guy misses games. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe yeah. we don't want guys who don't play all the games to yeah. win. I, I don't know what the right system is. Well, someone is. like Kevin Hastings, I remember, used to do really well in that award because he played every week. Yeah. Was consistent every week and he never got the recognition rep wise. Um, but yeah. he, he was a, like in an era of great halfbacks, yeah. he was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, and now he's Jackson's dad, but that's what he's known for. But back then, he was a tough competitor who put in every single week and you couldn't deny him winning those sort of awards or, or doing very well in those sort of uh, tallies. A couple of quick ones. Sunita Taruva over Dream Buller. Yes or no? Interesting. Happy? Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, I know Buller had the – he's got the the flashier sort of um, highlight reel, I reckon, but the young Penrith kid was fantastic. Like oh, yeah. He was – what I liked about him was uh, he was targeted a lot he was probably seen and probably still is seen maybe as a as a, a weakness that teams can attack because he's yeah. not the biggest guy. Yeah. And the fact that he stood up to everything, I don't remember him making a hell of a lot of mistakes. No. I I'm, I'm, hope I'm not jinxing it's him. It's funny though. I you actually, watched him closely. Well, it's funny. I caught up with Nathan Cleary during the week and it'll come out in the Sydney Morning Herald in a couple of days' time. We, we built the perfect player with Nathan and mm. I won't give too much away. But basically, if you could have someone's speed, someone's acceleration, mm, mm. someone's vision, someone's tactical nous, and I asked him about hands, if, if you could have anyone's hands in the NRL, who would they be? And he actually said Sunia Taruva. He said, mate, everyone keeps targeting him, and we keep well, thinking of when's he going to make. Well, that's what I said to him. Jamie, I said, you put the mocker on him. You are a mock. So if Sunia Taruva costs the Panthers the grand <laughs> oh, final because he drops the ball in the oh, final no. minute. Oh, no. But yeah, back here. I, that's why I, I thought about it. I thought, oh, yeah, he was seen as a weak link, wasn't yeah. he? And yeah. the way he just constantly stood up. I, I, I was impressed oh, in a good team too. I think he performed better than Taylor May did the previous year. Oh, Taylor May is a good player. No, no, I'm, no, this is not saying that Taylor May can't play. He is a I'm good saying Taylor player. Mayer was, Taylor May was excellent for Penrith oh, last year. Better, you reckon I better? I think Sunita River improved on that. I'm not saying that Taylor May can't play. Hang on a second. I'm not, no, I'm not saying, you, but I, I think that, I think May is a, a superstar. I reckon May will play in the centres next year when Crichton leaves. Okay. That's their plan. Yep. To play It'd be good to have them both in the centers to River on the wing. One of them, I think, will go anyway. I think someone has to go in that roster. If they keep Jerome Luai, one of those two will be gone. If yeah. not, both of them will be gone. Yeah. If they keep Luai. If they keep Luai. Speaking oh, of Luai. Yes. I saw him on my, uh, what day was it? Tuesday. We're out at Penrith. I saw him too. And it was great to see him. I saw you a, there. He made a beeline towards Carianus. What? From the Daily Telegraph. Yeah. yeah. You know, he called him a gronk on social media after some things during Origin. They're friends now. 
actual friends? Well, he went up to him and he said, all love, brother. So and they shook hands. And so Jerome went up to Michael. Yeah. That's that's big of him. Yeah, hats I mean, show. I, I think that shows people or, or tells people a little bit more about the kind of guy we've been trying to say that Jerome actually is. Yeah. You probably didn't notice it during the fan day. Um, I was out there uh, watching him interact and I saw there was a – an envelope uh, with Jerome's name on um, the table where Penrith keep their sun cream and their Gatorade and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, I wonder what that is. Uh, and I watched what was going on. Under the, under the table payments or something? Oh, it could have been like a, you know, <laughs> cash for cash. But <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Was the envelope brown? It wasn't actually. It was a white envelope with okay. his name written by, clearly by a young kid. Yeah. Uh, it was um, a bracelet that was made for him um, by a young uh, autistic fan. Jerome put it on and then was taken to meet the fan uh, and spent time with that fan and got yeah. photos. And that to me is what Jerome is actually like. Yeah. Uh, and I I don't doubt that he is disliked by people because of his actions on the field and Fox Sports can't cop Jerome Luai for whatever reason because he's, you know, he's yeah. not their style of person. He's my style of person. Yeah, I, like I, I like his combative nature on the field. The more he does that, the better. He is – Still the key, I think, um, coming up for, well, for Penrith. You know, you said at the start of the show, people that I like don't like me back. Yes. I think I think I found one. He likes me. I think. Didn't you have a run-in with him? Yeah, I did have a run-in with him, but I was sweet. Well, what did he call you? Did he go No, no, I remember well? last year, it was grand final week. He came out to Nepean River and him and Crichton and Brian Toto, and they took a photo for us in the river. Like They, they took their shoes off in the water. Did you get in as well? No, no, Why I didn't not? get in. Well, you know, I'm just professional, unlike you. <laughs> so I just, we took the photo when I interviewed him after and I asked him, Parramatta, the little brother, mm. uh, uh, things changed over the years because Parramatta have always been the big brother mm -hmm. to Penrith out West. And he made that comment. He, he said that you can call us daddy. Remember that? Yes, I remember. That was a great, it was a good story. But I didn't beat the story up. It was within, I knew he was saying it facetiously or he was, he was mucking around. He probably, it's an air of confidence about him and he, he may mean it, but he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Mm. And I put it in my story. It was maybe five or six pars in. I didn't because I knew if I made thought it was the, the headline. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in the headline. Okay, can't remember. But it, we didn't make mm. a, a big mm. deal of it, though. Other media outlets turned it into an issue, and mm. that became the headline. It became social media posts, and <laughs> and when I saw Jerome at the grand uh. final a couple of days later, he was pretty upset about it. And I get it, but he was the players don't see who writes what stories. He was just seeing the headlines, the social media posts, people bagging him. But we cleared things up uh, at the World Cup and I sent him a message after the grand final and we're sweet. We're, and he, he understood that I wasn't the one who actually started taking well, I actually think he embraced it afterwards after the grand final. Didn't he put out a, an Instagram oh, post saying something about- You can call us daddy. Of course yeah. he did. So he embraced it he after. He embraced it after. Like, yeah. He was a little bit disappointed. He felt maybe that I'd stitched him up, but that wasn't the case at all. And yeah, I think after the World Cup, even all the Samoan fans was like, everyone was yelling out daddy to him. It's quite funny. And I, I, we need those characters in the game. So when he went over to Karyanis on um, on Tuesday, <laughs> I was like, because obviously uh, I'm good mates with Michael Karyanis, but they're, they're the opposition. They're the, they're the enemy. Don't want to be friends with the enemy. And I just I said to Jerome as he was walking over towards me, I said, he's still a gronk, isn't he? <laughs> he said, he's still a gronk. <laughs> Karyanis had a laugh. So, well, he's a gronk, but we love him. <laughs> he's a gronk. <laughs> He's a good man, Karyanis. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get on to more serious things. The situation with our friends at Rugby Union at the moment, quite dire. Uh, Tom Deason, the Sydney Morning Herald, last week reported that Eddie mm. Jones was speaking or had an interview with Japanese rugby mm. before their World Cup campaign. And mm. I want to point you to some comments made by Laurie Daly on Big Sports Breakfast uh, over the week and in regards to the future of Australian rugby. Yeah, rugby yeah. League should buy Rugby Union. 
I think they could coexist. And because I, I think in 20, 25 years' time, AFL is a massive threat. Mm, absolutely. Mm. It's interesting. And, and, and I just reckon if we work closer together, you're not in competition, but you can utilize those skills transferable to, to either code and you stop the raid of players, talented players at the junior level going to AFL. What do you think, Danny? Is there any merit in this concept of saving rugby union and the NRL getting involved? Really, a really interesting thought from Laurie, isn't it? Like, oh, I would have never thought about that, that somehow that the NRL or, or rugby league should take over rugby. And I, I guess what it's saying from Laurie is that uh, I know Laurie likes rugby. Uh, I don't think his kids played a bit of rugby and stuff. I know he likes the sport and he's um, he's a fan of the Wallabies as well. And he watches all their stuff and he's, all his mates watch it. So he's, he's invested in, in rugby as well. Uh, it feels like he's saying that he feels that the NRL does a good job running rugby league and it could run another sport. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, look, look, the NRL once looked at buying the Super League, right? They looked at, which... Did they look at it seriously or well, was it was were, it I think there were some discussions around it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. They looked at... Well, that makes a bit of That bit makes of sense. sense. I just don't know how it would make sense for, to buy Australian Rugby Union. What do you, do you transform the local competition into, what, the St. George Illawarra Rugby Union team? I think, and you, the I think, you, I think you keep it as team. rugby, but you, 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 run a couple, you, got, you run a couple of sports, you somehow make money out of it. Do you um, cannibalise yourself though by doing that? Like, by th- if they're running the rugby union, they're going to try and get the best out of the broadcasters to try and get a broadcast. Yeah, so deal. The, you're saying that players so could suddenly cent, be. Well, every cent they get out of Channel Nine or Fox or Ten, that's cents that they, they can't spend on the NRL when the broadcast rights come up in whatever year they do. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, unless you sell it all off as one huge package to compete against AFL, you know, and you you run you run both sports and you show both sports and you. You don't make those sports as competing sports. You make them as one large, you know. I've got an idea. Oh, hang on. You like the idea. What, we, how about, we, do we have to ring Volandis? I was going to say, why no, don't you ring Volandis no. right now and see what he thinks of it? You can do that. That's your. Well, we've been here before. I've, I've done it before, okay? I've what? done it before. I called him with an idea. But what, what's that going to Well, you, this you, is, you, you're, you're backing I'm, this I'm idea. Not be, I'm not going to be set up by you. I'm not. I'm going to ring him. Ring him. I'm going to say it's your idea. Ring him. Okay, how about you ring him? Ring him. I'm right. not ringing him. I'm not, I don't, this is your area. Because well, you remember what happened a few weeks ago when you Michael, decided that my wild card Chammy, weekend oh, was a bad go? idea. So we tried to you ring the ring You him. stitched me up at the time. You can ring him. I'll ring him now? You can do whatever you want. Producer Charlie, what do you think? Ring him now? All right, we're going to call Peter Volandis. Is well, this, are it, we still on air? If this is your idea, I want Hang you to on, back it. It's Laurie Daly's Yeah, but you're, you're, now, you're, you're now backing the concept. I'm just, I'm just, I'm talking about the concept. I don't know if I want to ring him because he doesn't Just answer. Just ring him. Okay, ring him. If, if you want to do it, you can't be so hesitant. Have you got him on loudspeaker? Well, that's what happens. Oh. This. Haven't we done this before, Charlie? He's... Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me again. <laughs> Chammy, you've got to let this go. I know, you, I know you're very tight with Peter. No, no, no. But, oh, but this is not about me. It's about you and your vision a, for Australian rugby league. Me? Australian rugby it's Union. Laurie Daly, and I'm just trying to expand on maybe what he's. Wouldn't thinking. be the first time you flopped on an idea, mate. Okay. No, I'm actually pretty solid on oh, ideas. Yeah, yeah I, I go one way, and I sort of stick to that one way. Okay. Um, no, so I'm not. I'm not flopping on this, but 
I'm glad that he didn't pick up because it just shows what a buffoon you actually are. Right, I'm going to take a break because hopefully he can call me while we're having a break. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Welcome back to Footy Talk. Join us edition, Michael Chamis, Danny Widler. Do you want to tell him what you did in the break, Danny? I tried to ring Peter so I could get him on to embarrass you, but uh, unfortunately he failed. He's, he's, he failed. He screened failed. your call as well. Well, but you know what? At least I didn't do it live on the podcast. I got, you know what? I've got the cojones to back up what I'm saying. You don't. You just want to Laurie walk in the Daly shadows. just gave me a call. Laurie did? Yeah, I missed his call. So wow, he knew maybe, you were talking about you stealing his idea. <laughs> not stealing his idea. I'm just trying to understand it. That's all. Mate. I'm, yeah, I like to understand what people think. You could probably afford to buy Australian rugby the way it's going at the moment. All right, let's move on. Bronson Sherry. Mm, you had a good chat with him. I did. The four-year ban is officially over. He can return to training. As of Monday, he could return to, to training. It's going to be interesting to see how he, how he returns, not just physically, but mentally as well. There are going to be some challenges for him. There are going to be people who will not forget and label him a, a drug cheat, and he knows that. You've had a lot to do with him over mm. the years, Danny. Do you, do you think this is a good signing for the Bulldogs or are they opening themselves up to criticism here by bringing on Bronson Cherry from next season? I think it's potentially a very good signing, yeah. Yeah, there's a risk involved. Because, I mean, you talk about guys who have been out of football for a long time and coming back into it. I, I, I look at a totally different situation. But remember when Will Hopawati took time off? Mm. He was at the peak of his game and he went on a, a mission. Yeah. That was 18 months or... I'm just saying that I don't know if he ever reached the same height. Yeah. That, do you agree with me? As yeah, he was before he went away. And that was totally different. This is a situation where I think Bronson's younger. Uh, I think he's got a, a fire in his belly, which is to prove people wrong. Like, he admits he did the wrong thing. It was a, sol- a one-out mistake that he made, and he's been very public about that from day one. But it's a long time out of the game. It's It's a... And for a bloke who is going to take his body time to get used to the hits again, is he going to be as you – know, he's been training really hard with Roger Fabry uh, on his speed work. Uh, he's also got a personal trainer doing his strength work. Yeah. So it's not like he's been sitting on his butt doing nothing. Yeah. And he's a young he's a young guy as well. Away from like, – I've never had anything to do with Bronson Cherry over the years. So when I had organised to do the interview with him last Saturday morning, went out to Centennial Park, took my – Chopper all the way across the city from Western Sydney out to that. It's a nice place, Centennial Park. Never been there. You've never been to Centennial Park. No. Have you? Have you ever been to Bondi Beach? Have you been to Maryland's Gardens? All the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was out. I was out Penrith Way. I said Maryland. Oh, you no, have you no, never Mary, heard of that? Not Maryland's Gardens. No, no sorry. Central Gardens. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway, Centennial so I've Park. Been out there. It's 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 a nice place. Nice trees and things. And so I sat down with him on the bench for a little while. As I said, nothing to do with him, and I didn't know what to expect. And I thought there might be the old sob story, but it was interesting. Robert, Roger Fabry was sitting with him and Matt Desira, his manager, and I sort of started talking and he didn't want to go down that path. It was actually Roger Fabry who started prompting me, prompting him about, well, no, don't be ashamed of what mm-hmm. you've been through. Yeah. Own up to it. Yeah. But also the mental health side of things. Right? You know, he, di- he didn't want to talk about how dark his darkest days were. And it was actually Roger Fabry who in- interjected and said, well, yeah, suicide was something that he was contemplating. He'd get phone calls regularly saying, you know, I was worried that he was going to go try and find the, the nearest tree to hang himself. Like it was really, really serious. And and the reason Bronson didn't want to talk about it, and th- these were his words, is that I don't want to play the violin. I don't want to play the victim. I made the mistake. Only did, me. Yeah. That, it was only me that put myself in this situation. Yeah. And he doesn't want the whole poor me because of something he did. And now 
he deserved to pay for what he did. Yeah. He made a mistake. And whether it was for performance enhancing reasons, it, you know, they maintain it was for rehab because he had shoulder issues. Mm -hmm. Regardless is, it was a banned sub substance that's cheating four-year ban. Now, does it mean he gets life for that? No. I, I, I think, I, I commend the Bulldogs for taking a chance on him. And I think that the respect that Phil Gould showed, I don't often give Gus a rap on here, but the, the respect that he showed him, the concern that he showed him in lining up that meeting to try and see if there was a future for him in rugby league, Bronson said that was the moment that things changed for him, that, that he finally saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Jamie, what I like about this, I don't like what he did, mm. but I do like that he owned it. Yeah. A lot of people in a similar situation to Bronson or or in you know other areas where they've used drugs to cheat yeah. or rehab or whatever, they haven't owned the situation. And he's owned it. He hasn't made the excuse. Yeah. And that is a significant step towards coming back. Yeah. And I think maybe, I'm not saying people are going to like him, but maybe people will at least have some level of understanding or respect that he's owned the situation. They won't like what he's done though. No. And he's got to cop it. And that's going to be the hard part mm. for him now because I think over the years, and he admits he's been looking at all the comments and all the hate and it's been fueling him. Mm. That's been fueling his comeback that I'm mm. going to prove people wrong, that I wasn't the player that I was, that everyone's saying is the next superstar yeah. because I was a drug cheat at the time. Yeah. It happened in the off season. He took, as he said, one injection mm. to help recover from multiple shoulder surgeries in preparation for the next season. Complete mistake. But he wants to prove that it wasn't the gear that made him the, the freak well, that we saw. That's why that's interesting because I know at the time there were people trying to infer that uh, and there were reporters who were saying things about him, yeah. um, inferring that. And Bronson knows who said that and he knows. Um, he did. He mentioned them to me. Yeah. Off, and he, off, know, he, does, he, hasn't, he hasn't forgotten. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't forgotten. And. He, he put on a lot of weight while he was out of the game. Like, mm. I think he said to me he was 170, 107 kilos. Mm. He was 94 at the Sharks. Mm. He's dropped down to about 100 kilos now. He looks a lot leaner than he was when he was posting those photos at the gym. And I said to him, well, people are going to assume that you, during that period that mm. you were taking things. Mm. And he said, he said, I've been tested regularly, regularly been tested. And every six weeks, eight weeks, Asada, or I think, I think it's called Sports Integrity Australia mm. now, they, they turn up to his house or wherever he may be, and test him. And that's oh. and that and the Bulldogs as well wanted to make sure that he wasn't taking anything throughout his ban. And mate, he's gonna get tested. He's gonna be targeted. If he was to take it ever again, he'd be an idiot. Well, I, I was on the belief that he even volunteered testing, that he wanted to be tested. Oh, really? I I don't know if that's me just thinking that, but I, I might have heard that. Um, but I was of the belief that he wanted to be tested mm. to it's, show. It's interesting. I, I feel as though he, I got the the sense that he thought he was not hung out to dry because it was his mistake. No, but he's, I, he's not hung out to dry. But I feel as though that he he carries this disappointment in the way some of the people at Cronulla supported him or didn't support him through it. Look, do you get that sense? No. Well, what the only thing is, he he owned it. Now he's got to make amends, mm. and he's got he's got you know at least what seven or eight years in front of him where he can make a career for himself and. And put all of this into the background, and it's gonna. He's got to now let his performances do the talking. Speaking of Gus and the Bulldogs, you're obsessed. We're gonna get onto your man about the New South Wales Blues. Now we know that Brad Fittler, 
He presented to the board a review, I think back in August, and then last week front of the board to, to put forward a proposal for what the future looks like for New South Wales, given they've lost three of the last four series. Well, Freddie's the last person standing now, isn't he? In what well, way? And like everyone's gone. Well, yeah, in terms of what he's put forward. Yeah. Yeah, some of them through necessity, some of them were his choice. And the proposal going forward, now I think Matt King's been put forward as an assistant yes. coach. I think Laurie Daly's name has been thrown yes. out there as someone who would join his coaching staff, having coached the Blues for a number of years. And the other one is Augustus. Where does Gus fit into this? Is he going to do it? And what will his, what will his role be? I, I can't speak for Gus. But yes, I, again. You've no, I can't. I can't speak for Gus. Sorry, I, I said I wasn't going to bag you. Keep going. But I can tell you that you know that Freddie and Gus uh, have a like a very tight relationship. Yeah. Gus has been his his mentor, for want of a better word, for his entire professional career. They have an understanding where if one of them asks the other to do something, they say yes. And Gus has previous, previously asked Freddie to do things for him, and he's always said yes. Well, Freddie has now said to Gus, I need some help. Gus says yes. How that is going to look, who knows? Wasn't Gus helping him already a little bit at the start? Um, what happened? Was I, I remember he was a bit of a confidant when Brad Fittler took the job. A confidant, yeah. But I mean, he's always he's like that always. And he, I think throughout so what his changes with this role. Well, maybe because Gus says he doesn't want a paid role with the club. Maybe Freddie with, with the New South Maybe Wales. Freddie wanted him to have a paid role. I think I think Freddie said to him, "Look, it'll be a paid job, and blah blah blah. You can, this is what you'd be. Gus might just be someone he can call on, uh, rely on, and I don't know. He might turn up at training. Who knows? He might meet the players. But it's, it's got to be, there's got to be someone who takes over that Brandy role. Brandy stepped down, Greg Alexander. Okay, well, I, I Someone's got to help him pick the team. Someone's got to be there, his that, chief advisor. Okay, really. is that, does that become That's got to be Gus. Or Laurie Daly. So what does Gus do? Pick Con up witches hats. Continue to be the, the, the mastermind. So nothing changes then? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe maybe Freddie wanted Gus to do. I that. would just. I, I just want Gus. To you want to see Gus. In. You want to see I want Gus. Him all in. Yeah, there. Don't you want to see him there in the tracksuit? Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, at training. Yeah. Uh, you know, telling the media to nick off. You know. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. I, I think. But I don't think. I don't think Gus wants. Again, I don't know for sure, but I don't think he wants a paid role there. I know, but if if you're saying what you're saying, and Gus is. They have this pact that if someone needs something, they do it. What Freddie needs is Gus to be there. Yep. Well, let's hope Not it to be happens. in the shadows, to be there. Okay. And do you understand there's already been opposition to it? Okay. I think this is the conversation we had earlier, and Gus has been on on the record saying that Freddie has been – oh, Peter Valand is calling. Do we take it? I think uh, we take it. Yeah. Okay. I think we take it. Uh. Peter, you're on air, mate. Danny Widler here. We're in a podcast. We're having a Oh, uh, not again. Can oh, my goodness. <laughs> can, can, Danny has an idea no, for you. No, no, tell him the truth. Danny don't, has an idea. Can I, can I pass you on to Danny, Peter? Yes, thank you. Hey. No worries. Hi, mate. How are you? Very good. I don't, I, 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 tried to re, I did try to call you back. They called me first. Yes. I oh, know. I'm happy. No, look at that. I just want to make that. that very clear on the record that I did try to call you back first. I, I'm, I'm glad. Now, listen. Peter, we're just having a discussion where Michael's trying to say this is my idea, and I don't like putting you on the spot like this because I don't think it's fair. But Laurie Daly suggested that the NRL should look at buying Rugby Union. And for whatever reason, I, I, because I, I tried to flesh out the idea, Michael's trying to say that I've supported this idea, whereas I'm just talking, discussing it openly. 
Uh, and I know for some reason, Michael decided it'd be a good idea to call you about this. Well, matter. given his history of, you know, trying to ruin ideas. Well, well the, first, the first rule of, um, in business is you always buy an asset, not a liability. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that idea would be off the table straight away. All right, well, I'll, go, I'll tell Laurie it's a bad idea. Yeah, very, just tell Laurie you don't buy liabilities, you buy assets. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Okay. So he's just smashed your idea down. If you want to call it my idea, you can. It's gone. It's over. But, but I'm just reading. I'm just reading on the run sheet. Laurie Daly wants NRL to buy union. So that's my I, idea. I think you texted us this morning saying, "Let's talk about that." It's worth talking about. Yeah. Okay. So it was and your look, idea to talk you just, about it, and then you and you, got, it up. and you were then able. Now that was smashed harder than my wild card weekend. No, it wasn't. It was. I think he called that the dumbest idea ever. Yeah, that's true. Actually. It was something like that. Yeah. Hamish McLennan, hope you're listening, mate. You're a liability. Anyway, let's back, get back to where we were talking, what we were talking about. Uh, what you wanted to see Gus do, basically. Yeah, but do you know what the problem's going to be? Because Gus said this year that Freddie was unfairly targeted and there were personal attacks, and you wrote about this, from sections of the media, let's call it what it was, News Corp, because he works for Channel 9. Yep. If that was an issue this year, yep. can you imagine what it's going to be like next year if Phil Gould is involved? He's like, at News Corp headquarters, they've got dartboards with Phil Gould's head on it. Yep. Like, th that's going to be multiplied by a 1,000 if Phil Gould is involved with the New South Wales Blues. They better win or it's going to explode. Freddie has to win anyway. Yeah, but I'm talking about the personal attacks but and the may, or may, unfair uh, okay. unfair criticism. It's going to be magnified. Chami, maybe the, the attacks will be diverted from Freddie mm -hmm. to Gus. So a 70-year-old security guard. Isn't that what you called Tim Sheens this year? Well, Gus, Gus isn't 70. Okay, sorry. 62? I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I think Gus is 65. Oh, 65. Okay. But, um, yeah, look, I think that maybe that's what will happen. Maybe they'll – it's just look over here yeah. while Freddie does his work. I don't know. Interesting. I'm, yeah. A distraction. But Gus is more than a distraction. Like, I know. Let's, I let's know. be serious. He, he is the most – Successful bloke in New South Wales origin history. To me, he is origin. Like I know well, Wally Lewis, I, I, most I, people will say, like I grew yeah. up watching as a New South Welshman. Gus is origin to me, and well, his pre-game talks and all that. Yeah, I call him the Godfather of New South Wales origin, and that's and that's basically what he is. He's he's the senior figure. I don't know whether the New South Wales Rugby League will be able to handle that though. Mm. That's that's to me okay. That's the issue. Whether you like it or not, Phil Good runs a dictatorship. When you give Phil Gould a job, like Penrith did, like the Bulldogs did, you're handing over your club and you're trusting Phil Gould with your club. That's that's the deal. He, he's It's him or it's nobody. Isn't that true? He runs it the way he wants to run it. And very few people will object to that, unless it goes pear-shaped or it goes many years, like it did in Penrith, that after a while they decided that they were going to move in a different directions. But don't be mistaken, Phil Gould ran that club, every bit of that club, for nearly a decade. And he's doing the same with the Bulldogs. Okay. And he'll have to do the same at New South Wales. The only, thing, given the only thing that matters to me in this is that Freddie's the one who wants him. Yeah. And if Freddie wants him and Freddie's the one with the most to gain yeah. and the most to lose. And if Freddie wants to go down that path, I believe Freddie, I, I Freddie, Freddie, Freddie right knows thing. what – Freddie knows Gus better than yeah. anyone. Yeah. He knows his strengths. He knows what – the liabilities could be potentially in terms of these attacks that you talk about. Mm. He knows all that. He's not. He's not silly. So if Freddie is comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. The the other question about all this though is, what about the Bulldogs? How do they feel about it? 
do they have a right to say no? Do they have a right to say, can you explain what this is going to mean? Because okay. he is in the middle of one hell of a hole at the moment, yeah. the Bulldogs, and I, trying to get them out I, of it is not going to be absolutely. easy. Absolutely. It's not an easy task. But I do know that uh, News Corp have been harassing the Bulldogs to try and get some sort of negative angle on all this to say we don't want Gus to do it. Mm. But I think they the Bulldogs know how hard Gus has been working. Yeah. Like if – I don't know if – you probably don't know the full extent of – and I don't know either, but – I do know the hours he's been putting in and I know the effort he's been going to recruit players, mm. uh, reshape the roster, get the coaching stuff. I know how, how much work he's been doing. No doubt. I've got, I, probably, I probably don't know fully, but I have an idea because mm. I don't know everything he's doing, but I have an idea of what he's doing. He's relentless in his pursuit of a revival of that club. I think it could be a, an advantage for the Bulldogs because anyone who sits with Phil Gould can know knows that he's the master salesman. Imagine, and I'm not saying this in a in a to in a way that I think there should be an investigation. But if he is in that New South Wales setup, talking to people, being around players, there are some people there who are going to turn around and say, "Wow, mm. this man is impressive." Okay, well and maybe that's only going to help the Bulldogs. And maybe that's why there'll be resistance to him getting the job from. Media or from other clubs? Media, other clubs, other clubs inspiring media. Who knows? Yeah, but that, it'd be hypocritical because Danny Badiris worked at the Newcastle Knights. He was not He was in that role. What? There's never been hypocrisy in the media? Mm. Never been hypocrisy from clubs? Yeah. It's well, constant. I get, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But it's it's going to happen. Yeah. It makes it interesting. I, there it, is going know, to be a circus around Origin next year if Gus is involved, and I hope he is. Because for New South Wales' sake, they need him. Well, for, and also but, from a media perspective, it's a great story. It's a great story. It's a great story. Mm. And this year there, were, there was criticism of people having wearing two hats in the media and then trying to work in, in the Origin level. Well, is he going to be wearing three hats? At least. At least. <laughs> at least. Anyway, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens. Let's hope uh, we are talking about this for hours and hours, Jamie, because I feel like we could be. We're always looking ahead, us journos. Let's look to this weekend, though, mm. before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Penrith, Brisbane, decider. We this don't is, this talk, isn't on the rundown. We don't talk footy very yeah, often because no one cares what we think. They care I what, agree with that. No one does Someone care. once told me, no one cares what you think. We care what you know. I think that's right. Whoever told you that. Yeah. That was me. I made it up. Oh. Um, so Quoting himself. <laughs> Do you want to get Peter Valanz on the line to, to comment on that as well? What do we think, Danny? Panther or Bronco? Uh, see what I did there? I did see what you did. Yeah. Uh, I th I'm tipping Panther. Yeah. Look, I know Brisbane are a fantastic story, but the prospect of a three-peat is amazing, isn't it? As a, a, an amazing achievement from a club. And obviously Penrith are a Sydney team too, so I want to see them do well. A lot of A lot of – feeling I get out of Penrith is they believe that Sydney's not on their side and maybe it's because they're, they've had so much success. But I, I'm hoping we're reporting on history. Sydney's um, not on their side. No, Sydney's not on anyone's team when they're, when, when that another yeah. Sydney club is in the grand final. It's just hostility towards yeah. them. Yeah. Sydney teams hate Sydney teams more than they hate out-of-town teams. Yeah. I don't expect them to have the support, but what I do expect I, – I, I watched Brisbane last – before last week's game against Melbourne mm – -hmm. I thought that Penrith would win the compound without, a, you know, raising a sweat. But that was scary what they did. Oh, Brisbane are a good team and they're going to be good for a while, aren't they? So as long as Adam Reynolds is around, uh, Brisbane are going to be a good side. I think, um, I don't know um, what you think of 
uh, this situation. But the, the Broncos are actually staying at the Sydney Olympic Park as a they got the preference from the NRL. They get to stay there at the hotel they want because they're an out-of-town team. Mm. Penrith have got to find somewhere else to stay. Did you know that? Uh, I, I thought Brisbane was staying at Coogee at the moment. Well, they get... When, when they, they move, move okay. Yeah, yeah, closer to the game. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Western Sydney, Coogee, same thing, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Danny, thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Michael, you did a great job. It's great to see that Peter Valen has finally put you in your place. We'll see you next week. Missing you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs>